if you want to bring it up, you can. But that's like, nah, I'll, I'll steer clear. For the most part. <laughs> at, at other least, than like, that, yeah, I, I don't like talking politics either. So you yeah. can put the headphones on if you want. You yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I like to like be able to hear myself personally, so like you can know like how close to have yeah. the mic. Like you, you have a good sense of it because you do it. How am I from here? Um, I'd say maybe you could pull it a little closer, closer to you, but you could hang out there. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And then I think you're good. Like. So uh, yeah, Petralis. What's going Mr. on, Mr. Petralis? Yeah, Anthony. <laughs> I don't really know what to call you anymore. No, 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 Mr. Petralis. You can call me anything, but don't. Just, no more of that. It rolls off the tongue, you know. <laughs> like I just um. So I just click record. Um, we're going right now, and uh, yeah, let me just introduce you. So you are a fifth grade teacher. I am. Yeah. At McGlynn Elementary School, yep. teacher of the year, oh, teacher of the year winner, which is like yeah. It's like Crazy. doesn't sound right. Like it almost sounds like like you, it's someone that you wouldn't know. They need to recount it. They need to recount it. <laughs> <You> need to <laughs> recount. What year was that? So that was in uh, 2014. Wow. So 2014 Teacher of the Year for Massachusetts. Is that yeah, like, for Mass. So it was like the Milken Educator for like Award. the best education system in like basically like the world, like right. in our side of the hemisphere. So <laughs> you're we're looking at a top 10 teacher maybe of all time right now. Uh, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't throw GOAT status on that at all. I still got about, you know, 15, 20 years the left in my career. longevity matters. Yeah. LeBron's proving it right now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we have a teacher of the year. And also, uh, you run the Beyond podcast, Beyond X's and O's. Like, you have a podcast, and you also do, um, like, highlight videos. I help you out with these now. Yeah, uh, We yeah. do, like, highlights. And it's almost like a behind the B, but for high school. So if you ever want, if you're at a high school right now, or if you know some kids at a high school, and you want to get someone to really get a film and get the behind scenes look, like I'll I'll link the Beyond podcast and everything they do in the uh, in the in the description in the YouTube video, or I'll even put it in my bio on Instagram. It's it's fucking really cool, dude. It's really really <laughs> cool. Like um, I, I wish that it happened for me in my high school. So if you know anybody, that'd be interesting. But uh, yeah, so mostly want to talk about that beyond podcast. Yeah, yeah. While we have talked about it, I still got a million questions. Yeah, listen, so, I, I'm I'm ready for it. I love it. I love having the opportunity to talk about this. It's a huge passion of mine. Yeah. So to be able to come on here and just you know t- talk more about the business and what it is and what we do. Yeah. Let's yeah. Go. <laughs> so first, let's get like I guess I was gonna ask like what 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 started it, but really let's get a description, a proper description from you instead of my like makeshift one. Yeah. So so basically, we've kind of evolved over the last year and a half. So we started out strictly during COVID. We started that September of 2020, and it was just Zoom interviewing coaches. And and for those that that know me, like I've never had social media before in my life. As as a teacher, I've always kind of just stayed clear of it. Um, so. I was on Twitter and YouTube, and that was it for like four months. No Instagram, no Facebook, no Spotify, Apple, nothing. Like just strictly putting it on YouTube. And I would say after our one of our December episodes, we had on a really cool guest, um, David Cole of Mercer University. He, he was before at um, Lenore Ryan. He coached Kyle Duggar of the Patriots. And is that Lenore Ryan? Yeah, I love Kyle yeah. Duggar, by the way. Yeah, he's uh, listen. I when they drafted him and, and then watching him play where Chung sat out the season. Yeah, like you, like this guy is 
is Chung 2.0. Yeah. He's all pro. He's their all t- best tackler right now. I think he leads them in tackles. He's and insane. he got kicked out of a game. So it just shows you, <laughs> you know, how good he is. Um, so, you know, I interviewed his defensive back coach in college, and it was just like an awesome interview. It went on for like an hour and a half, and it was just like talk and shop. And the more you learned about this guy, the more you learned of how good of a coach he was and how many NFL players he sent from a D2 level, which was impressive. And that's the episode that kind of really put us on the map of people starting to really pay attention and you know for the first time requesting or asking how to come on and at that time it was like high school and college coaches I was still trying to figure out what I was and what we were but I always had the vision in the back of my mind that eventually things would open back up as far as sports go and that we would be on site on call getting that all access behind the scenes looks of high school programs. I coached high school football for 15 years as a, you know, a freshman coach to a JV coach, to a coordinator, to a head football coach. Um, so like, I understand like what kids want to see. And I, you know, and it, you could be losing a game by 30 and you have a ridiculous catch and that kid's not even upset about losing by 30. They just want to <laughs> see that ridiculous catch that they had, you know? Yeah. And I've seen that too often to the point that, you know, this is kind of, how I started really thinking about the business a little bit and saying, you know, I want to be more than just a podcast. I want to cover teams, cover athletes, cover cool stories, be different. Um, and there's not a lot like this in our area. So, um, you know, obviously getting on Instagram and finally getting a Facebook account and changing Spotify and Apple. <laughs> yeah, changing my username like it was my personal name. And uh, it just grew. I mean, we have about 3,500 followers on Instagram. Um, you know, uh, we get hundreds of downloads every episode we have. And uh, it, it's cool. It's humbling. And, you know, it's a year and a half of someone who is not super technologically savvy who's figuring it out as they go. And, learning a lot about how social media helps out and um you know really beginning to grow the business at the at the high school level so yeah. it's been fun i never really thought about um you know because you've had 50 something episodes yeah well, we're right? at 50 uh 51 episodes right now yeah and yeah. uh obviously like i was thinking in my mind sometimes it's a little difficult like i do this weekly i guess and i did do bi week i did uh twice a week for a little bit and, um, you know, so it was a little, but I didn't realize how much easier it is for me to get a guest than it yeah. is for you. Cause you know, you need it. You need to be a coach you need to be someone legit. And there's only so many in the area that, you know, and obviously you've made a network of connections, but like for me, everyone's on the table, Yeah, you know, as proof right now, like this, right. is, like, like, it's not like this is the average interview for me really. But, um, yeah. So how do you kind of, especially in the beginning before like that video and people started reaching out to you, cause I have people reach out to me all the time in general, Yeah. but, um, before people started reaching out to you, how did you go about getting like guests on the podcast? Yeah, it's a great question. So I kind of stuck to what I knew early. So, you know, having a network of football coaches helps a lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my first three guests were people personally that I coached with, you know, Serge Clavio is the head football coach and I was a Catholic for 30 years. I took over for him. Um, I played for him. I, you know, coached under him. I learned everything I really knew in the game of football from him in a sense. So, um, you know, having him on a Hall of Fame coach, it was just a very easy conversation, but definitely somebody that you're like, wow, this person's pretty legit 
and, and it was a great conversation. Uh, and then I kind of stuck to that path. Jimmy Rabbies at Kip Academy um, and Lynn started a program three years ago, was coach of the year, you know, within three wow. years in the state. Um, and then Matt O'Loughlin, a very good football coach, head football coach at Arlington High School, also the head girls softball coach. They're ranked top 20 in the state pretty consistently. So it was nice to have those three to start. Yeah. After having those three, it really was kind of like stalking Twitter, you know, looking up coaches that were staying active when they weren't playing because, you know, there was no fall season. There was really no winter season or they were very abbreviated yeah. um, and, and they were different. I mean, some leagues started later than others. No one really had a consistent, um, you know, uh, I guess a schedule for that year. So it was really looking to see which coaches were kind of hustling on social media, specifically Twitter. Cause I find that, you know, that's where I find like 85% of my guests. So, yeah. um, you know, people that were coaches of the year are putting up cool content or, um, you know, really trying to keep their team motivated and active, even though they might've not been physically practicing or playing. So, you know, I really went for coaches that I didn't know after that. And I just felt like as long as I ranged it up and it wasn't just football every week. And that was something that I really made sure of being a football guy I did not want this to turn into a just like a football podcast it was important that there's a lot of different sports and a lot of great coaches and perspectives and ideas and how do you build your programs and I wanted to make sure we heard from coaches of all sports boys or girls did it matter um and and that's the formula we've kind of stuck with from mm -hmm. day one you and know that's really good because it's like it is niche but like and there is, like, a very specific goal that you're kind of getting out of each podcast, each, like, thing that you do with the teams in general. But, like, you can do all these different sports. Right. So it is very, like, expansive in that way, too. And there's, like – and it's just kind of crazy because, like, I think about stuff like that. Like, I think about – it is – in the end, it's very specific what you do kind right. of. But there's – it feels, like, limitless, the opportunities. So when I think of something like what I do right now, it literally just is opened up, like – a million times over compared to that and that still feels like an infinite amount of like guests an infinite amount of like routes so with all but with all that like in front of you you yeah. know like everything's right now is still in front of you you know like you got like the 3500 followers like it's building and it feels really good but like with so many like routes open what are like the kind of goals going forward what are like the few things that you're like all right this is something i really want to make sure we open up to or something that I want to make sure we nail or what? Like. Yeah, I think, you know, this winter season is definitely for, for me, this is a huge couple of months for the business. You know, we're going to be at a lot of different schools. We're going to be covering a lot of different sports and teams. And, um, you know, you don't want to always put the same product together. You know, if you're offering schools, oh, this package of behind the scenes or like, for example, in hockey, like we're covering games, but we're also covering teams that want us to cover a practice in a game. So, getting on the ice on skates and and going through the drills and seeing how these kids practice and how the coaches coach and you know what things look like um that's the all access stuff that's really cool and so you know i want to build that like i want to be unique and different so yeah it's cool we have all these different gigs in the winter but I want every team that we cover, every sport that we cover to be just a little different, that you could watch a video and see something different. And it's not the same beyond this is what you get. You get 
locker room stuff, game stuff, interview stuff, and that's it. Like, I don't, I don't want us to become boring. I want us to always be different and have something different and um, always evolving. I think to me, that's over the next couple of months, that's really, really important to me is that we build this business and show teams what we can do and what we can bring to their program. I mean, if you're a Catholic school you're or a private school, you're competing for kids. You want kids to come to your school and for parents to pay tuition um, on it when they could go to public school for free. And, you know, yeah. public school facilities now are beautiful. Everyone's going turf fields. Everybody's rebuilding their high schools. So, mm-hmm. you know, part of that, kids aren't necessarily going to want to leave that. And parents are pumping money through their taxes to pay for that. So they don't want their kid to be going <laughs> somewhere else. Anyway, you know? Right, you know. <laughs> so um, to, to be able to kind of do that for schools, like we're going to be working with Malden Catholic and Arlington Catholic. I mean, those schools – they, they look at us as an opportunity to help shine a light on their sports programs. And you want to come play hockey here, or you want to come play hoop here, or whatever sport it is, we're giving them the opportunity to get that all access, to put something out there that they might not be able to do themselves. And for the public schools, it's the same thing. Like, we want to be able to put that out for them as well. Stay to public school. So, like, yeah, we're definitely playing both sides of the fence, but, you know, a lot of like high school, like people could say what they want, but athletics is a huge part of high school and, you know, winning state championships. I mean, look at Everett, like there's an expectation that they're going to win every year and they should win every year. That's cool to have. And that's an expectation that the school has. And to be able to capture that stuff, um, whether it's at an Everett high school or any other public high school to pump, you know, specific sports, boys or girls, it's, you know, it's what we want to do. It's what we want this business to become. So I would say that's, my short-term focus and I don't really look beyond short-term because yeah I have awesome ideas that I think are really cool but I want to make sure that what we have in front of us we're always going to nail before we jump on to the next thing yeah yeah okay yeah that makes sense and like even with the whole kind of what you're saying with the sports are a massive part of high school especially if you're like you know obviously some kids don't partake in sports and like that's fine you know to each their own yeah but like I know if you ask anyone that played high school sports for like for at least through their senior year, so I feel like if you stop before senior year, then obviously something didn't work out. Right. But if you played through your senior year, whether that's two years, all four, or whatever, um, they I guarantee you they tell you that that was maybe the most important part right, of their high right. school. Yeah, you know, like I'm like all my friends, like my, my network of friends that I have now. I was with my basketball team two weeks ago from senior year. Yeah. I was with the, all those guys, like and like I taught we we have a group chat still like four years later. Yeah. And we're all talking in it, and, um, you know, like, we just, it's really built, like, a good program for Medford basketball. I know, like, we've, we've done a good job of keeping in touch with some of the younger guys, and a lot of us, like, go in there and help coach and go to practices, and it just, like, it becomes part of your life basically, like, forever. Yeah, almost. and that's it. I mean, kind of piggybacking off of that, like, I have a group of guys I played football with to this day that we still make it a point, like, once a year to go away for a weekend together, and... So absolutely, you know, the alumni aspect of it is huge. And, you know, so many athletes out there now, like, you know, in a group of people that I know, how many are coaches that played the sport and have become coaches or stayed within that program that they played for or gone elsewhere to, to coach? You know, highlighting coaches is a really important aspect of it. I mean, to me, it's the heart and soul of what we do. It's yeah. cool to catch games and highlights and interview people as far as, you know, in-game experience, behind the scenes, all that cool stuff. But the heart and soul of this podcast is really about the world of a coach 
coach building their program and how they train their athletes and how, you know, they set expectations and, you know, guidelines for their program. And, you know, for me, it's like a professional development that I'm hoping to give other coaches to be like, listen to this basketball coach who's been doing it for 25 years and has, you know, 18 consecutive winning seasons and has been to the state tournament, you know, semifinals X amount of times. I mean, those are some guests that we have on, like Kristen McDonald, she's the head boys coach at Norwood High School at Braintree. Her record's insane. I mean, she there's consecutive years of winning state championships, of just having a not just a really good team, but a dominating team. I mean, some might argue one year Braintree, her team was undefeated. It might be the greatest girls basketball team to ever come through Braintree, or maybe ever in the state of Massachusetts. Like and to be able to kind of talk to coaches about that and for them to get those stories out where they don't really have that platform to do so, it's awesome. You know, so for me, all this fun camera stuff and all the things that we do is it's only building our business and making it even better and better and better and really trying to capture the world of high school sports. But um, no matter how much work and grind I put into that and going to games and doing all that stuff having those podcasts with the coaches once a week or bi-weekly, whatever we do that month, to me is the most valuable and important thing that we do. So, uh, and I know you just said you don't like to think like too much long-term, but like as like, this also kind of just applies in general to like the, the scheme of what you're doing here. So obviously it's all high school based and high school focused, but like is the goal to move up and go to college and then cover some college and then maybe like professional or like is it really like and obviously i feel like a big heart and soul of this is like the high school aspect so you'd always not saying you'd stop doing that entirely but like is the goal to then like maybe incorporate these other levels of the sport or like are you really focused on the high school yeah it's a great question and you've you've been like the 10th person who's asked me that and my answer has probably changed every time so my current answer to this truthfully (laughs) um Staying in high school, I think, for me is it. You know, I think that there is so much coverage of the college world. Even the D3, I've met people along the way of doing this, like Matt Noonan of Noontime Sports. I mean, talk about a guy who covers D3 football and basketball in this area. I mean, probably arguably better than anybody. Um, And college, to me, is a different world. I've had on some college coaches that are amazing. Like I mentioned David Cole, Craig Kolick, uh, Riviere Volleyball, winningest volleyball coach in the history of Division III, you know. both for boys and girls, which is even crazier. Those guys were unbelievable, awesome. Um, and, you know, I had Sean Quirk on, professional lacrosse coach for the club's uh, Cannon uh, Lacrosse Club, um, and he was unbelievable. And I've had some college coaches on that, you know, were awesome, and then they kind of go, she didn't ever hear from them again, or, you know, stuff that you kind of talked about before the interview, you don't really necessarily get from their end. Uh, and that's not sour grapes at all, but I think for high school coaches, this podcast might be the first and only podcast they ever do, you know, yeah. versus college or even the professional level. I mean, they're doing them all the time, I'm sure. They got to put their time in with media with this and that. And after a while, it probably gets like everything just feels the same and you kind of say the same stuff just to kind of get through it. And that's no knock on college coaches because there's plenty of college coaches I know, especially in the football world, that, you know, eat this stuff up and love doing it and coach clinics and do online clinics and all that stuff. So, um, that's no knock to them. It's just a busy schedule. But high school, it's just for me, that's my world and what I have experienced coaching. Um, and I just know the work that goes into it. Like I understand the hours in the season, in the off season, watching film, scouting, like 
grinding at practice, like putting a script together, in-game adjustments. Like there's just so much to it. And then on top of that, you're dealing with kids' behavior in school and grades and maybe their home life. And so for high school coaches, there's just so much work that goes into their job. And as a teacher, like I get that. Like I get that aspect of it. And I think that's why I've been – been able to be lucky enough to have a pretty good, you know, parallel life with coaching and, and teaching. Cause I feel like they both kind of taught me to get better at each thing. Like certain things I've learned to be patient about as a teacher, sometimes through like my high school players and getting to understand them a little bit more and vice versa. Like sometimes how I talk to my 10 year old fifth graders is how I talk to a 17 year old because at that day it's just like, they're just, just on the like same level. Yeah. You know, so you, so it goes both ways, but, um, yeah, to me, the high school world is just the, the world that I want to show off because those are the coaches that put in the work, the grind, and the hours, and they most certainly do not get compensated for it. Mm-hmm. And no coach at any level, I think, does, but it gets properly, you know, unless you're dealing with, like, what college football is becoming now, which yeah. is signing coaches for insane money. Um, but at the high school level, especially at, like, a small Catholic school, they're not even – a head coach is not even getting close to what a public school head coach gets, you know. And on top of that, you're in charge of a million other things and you're dealing with kids from all different cities and towns so there's just tremendous stories out there and i think in the high school world i wish they were captured more and they're not and and our goal is to try to capture as many as we can for as long as we do this so yeah so uh also like with all the coaches you've had on like i know we've we've talked about this before but like coaches that have gotten jobs from your podcast or like have had like opportunities and stuff like is that like a big part of why like not why but like a big part of like the benefits too to it like it's like oh like hey you come on like people will see it you know like especially now like in the beginning it was one thing but now like you got a good following and it's like people are going to see this and especially people looking for a coach like they'll see this if they look yeah we had it we had so one month in april we had an assistant coaches month and we had on some of the top assistant coaches uh from the state and and the criteria was was that your head coach had to write a letter of recommendation that was kind of it like we weren't just going to randomly pick people we knew i mean i did know some of those people on a personal level and it's because they listened to the podcast and you know they had their coach listen to it so it was cool to get a lot of those people on there but there was one basketball coach in particular his name was neil rebello who's an assistant boys basketball coach um at burlington high school and he was phenomenal like his coach wrote a you know letter of recommendation that was unbelievable and he uh came on and just yeah, he kind of blew me out, blew me out of the water with some of the stuff he was saying, comparably to maybe some of the other coaches I had on. Um, and shortly after that, he reached out to me and said that he was applying for a couple head coaching jobs, and he asked if he could use this podcast. So I said he could send it to anybody he wanted. We cut up some clips for him, and I was able to send it to those ads that were interested in him. And um, you know, I don't think he ended up getting the job, but that opportunity to use this podcast and how you would run your program or talking about building character um, and, and, you know, your off season and how you kind of look at certain, you know, things off the court that are a little bit different that you wouldn't maybe get asked in an interview or you would be super nervous because, you know, these interviews, you're sitting in front of the AD, the principal, you know, somebody who's another factor in the school. Some schools have like the senior class president in there or maybe a couple of like returning, you know, captains or whatever, like every, everyone does it differently. So sometimes you get a little overwhelmed in that process that you might walk out of that interview being like, ugh, 
I wish I said this, this, or this. Like, I might walk away from this podcast today being like, <laughs> I wish I said this, this, or this, yeah. right? So you want to give those coaches an opportunity where they're at their home comfortable doing it over a Zoom and to be able to talk about the things that they do every single day. Like, yeah, they're going to say everything they want to say, and there might be a few things they leave out. But there's a lot of good character pieces that I like to ask these coaches because, yeah, at the end of the day, I want to be able to help any coach out, especially the good ones, mm -hmm. get to that next level or get that next job or give them a leg up in that area. So that's been cool to be able to do that. Um, I've had two coaches. We covered Somerville High School. I covered Holliston boys basketball coach uh, Mark Champagne earlier in, in the year, and they're playing each other, you know, because they uh. listen to each other's podcasts. So, um, you know, and Holliston and Somerville are not close in distance, and Holliston's actually coming to Somerville for the game. So um, it was cool to be able to, like, have two coaches who were listening to each other on the podcast to then say, hey, let's schedule a game you know, against each other. I thought that was that was pretty neat for sure. Yeah, it's a it's a really cool like just idea in general because like that's a whole world. Like I feel like all the because all the coaches kind of like how you were a coach and you get it. Yeah. Like it seems like all the coaches get it and like you guys are all like in it for each other and girls too. Like you're all in it with each other and realize like all the work that's put in and you know Holliston and um, Somerville like they see each other and like you know I probably heard something in the way they talked and was like okay yeah, yeah. he. He understands the work that is like required, and he and he's doing the right thing. Let me let me meet up with this guy and see what see if we can get a game going. You know, maybe Somerville. You know, we we went and covered that, which was amazing, by the way. The video yeah. John and you put together was awesome. Yeah, we had the trailer. Me and yeah, Tyler your highlight video was pretty insane too. I think with the four screens when you put it on the four screens with the free throws and then parts of the game like cool di di again something different something we were able to throw out there that was different than maybe some of the previous work that we did so yeah, yeah it was cool yeah that was a lot of fun to do and uh you know i had the idea and i was like trying to describe it to ty and he was like you know what dan just 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 go for it he's like just start making it he's like i can't really like think of it and i was like all right so i just like whipped it together i was watching like the patriots or something yeah. whipped it together real quick my computer almost exploded <laughs> making the four <laughs> clips at the same time but uh you know it, she's been through a lot so she's tough that computer of mine. Yeah, yeah. but uh yeah so also you being a teacher at the same time and uh you know obviously fifth grade teachers know but no one knows outside of that fifth grade teaching world how much work is put in better than me because yeah. I have a sister that teaches fifth grade yeah. and um, you know maybe she just overdoes it but she is like it's it feels endless like it just feels like there's way too much work to be to, for just like a fifth grade teaching position and like especially for how much teachers are paid which is a completely different topic yeah but, yeah, um, yeah yeah so how do you kind of balance like the fifth grade teaching because also, it's not like you're a bad teacher. Like you're yeah. one of the, you were you were the best teacher in the state at the time. So like, how do you balance being a great teacher, and all that work that comes with it, with also doing this? And you see, and you put a lot of work into this as well. So. Yeah, um, it's really and hard. Kids. Yeah, I and mean, yeah, kids. it's really hard. You know, um, I don't talk about this a lot, but yeah, it's a really tough balancing act because obviously like your job at school and our job over the last few years has changed so much, you know, since COVID and, 
you know, what I feel like we're responsible for and what we have to do. And um, especially now with kids quarantining and putting work together and, and putting things online and giving packet, like it's a lot, <laughs> it's a lot. And at times it can be a little overwhelming. Um, you know, I think I have a pretty good feel for my job over the years of doing it. Um, I, I kind of like the podcast. I never want to do repeat things or if I do repeat things, there's always a tweak to it. There's always a change to it. And a lot of that's kind of like the feedback of the kids. But, um, you know, having a career under my belt and doing that, I definitely am able to kind of know what's coming, look at my plans from the previous year, figure out if I'm ahead, if I'm behind, what I need to change up. Because not every year is going to be the same. You don't have the same group of kids and what's easy some years might be tougher other years and vice versa. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of work in that sense. Like, you know, I try to get to work as early as I can to get things done um, because I know I have, I have twins at home, three-year-olds, uh, to be able to get home, you know, so my wife just doesn't go crazy all day being home with them. And, you know, she works too, so she works at night. So we're passing the wind a lot of times. Um, so being able to kind of schedule all that with school, um, you know, then being dad and being a good husband, I, you know, that's really important in doing all this because obviously I have a great support system. My wife is like very understanding of what I do and what I need to do and where I need to go. So like keeping a good, great, you know, I should say good, like a great line of communication open, like at all times with her and scheduling. Um, and then honestly, it's the nighttime. Like when my house is asleep, including my wife, like sometimes that's when I get work done in the podcast so oh, sleep is, sleep is a huge sacrifice um i've learned to deal with not having as much especially being a dad of twins i learned quickly like how much sleep you actually don't need you how, know how much do you think you're sleeping every night um like one thirty, two o'clock would be like when i'm down and then i'm up like 6 15 6 30 oh, wow. when the kids are up wow. yeah so it's not healthy you know i'm not like bragging about it but right now and what i'm trying to build in the 24 hours in a day it's what i have to do you know and there's days that yes i take a complete day off on like you know doing podcast stuff at night and just go to bed at a normal time and and really like make sure that i balance that and you know what i eat and drink and like know that like i'm putting my body through a lot like you put a car through a lot and that you got to refuel it and take care of it the, as much as you can so i don't think there's a right formula that i have but it's just really good scheduling and planning and like knowing what i'm doing next week this week and that formula has worked with me thus far, you know, yeah. and we'll see where it takes me and, and what changes over time with that. Do you think being a teacher, also being a coach, but do you think, uh, think more of being a teacher and you really, like, you know, you teach the fifth grade. It's not like you're teaching high schoolers where it really is material. It's all material. Like in fifth grade, at least what my sister says, it's almost like it's like 85% teaching behavior. Yeah. You know, like in the end, like you, uh, whether that's disciplining a kid or just – enforcing good behavior you know like when you get those good kids that like someone does something like really nice really shining on that and like really enforcing good behaviors and all that all the other stuff like my sister never talks about the subject she's teaching like, yeah she always tells me about yeah it's hard to because there's just always like a couple stories that you're just like no one would believe this happened today. yeah like my, <laughs> my sister's got plenty of those these kids are crazy nowadays but yeah. uh yeah so like do you think being a teacher and like really have to, having to instill in kids like organization and just keeping themselves on the ball 
Do you think that's kind of been like almost like telling yourself that for 15 years? Yeah, just... I think in a way, like my wife will always say to me, like, okay, Mr. Patrullis, like when I like say something and I'm like, no, yeah, that's not me being like trying to be condescending. That's just like how I am sometimes. Okay, so, so like sometimes I definitely like have to learn how to turn that off. But yeah, I agree with you. I think that that's, that's fair to say. I think that in my classroom, you have to be pretty organized. My kids would laugh if they heard this because my room's like always a disaster in school. And I always say, I'm like, we do a lot of cool stuff in here. So yeah, my room doesn't look like some of these teachers that are like, everything's perfectly angled and perfectly hung up and like, yeah, it's just not how my room You're looks. You're male teacher. Right, like <laughs> I have a built-in excuse, definitely, one. And, and two, it's just, yeah, I mean, that's what makes me different. Like, you walk into somebody's room who's, like, pristine and beautiful and has these, like, awesome little stations and little cubbies and all this stuff, and that's cool, and that works for them. It just doesn't work for me, you know? Mm -hmm. And what works in my room is that I want kids coming in and feeling comfortable and find an adult who tells me that they work somewhere that they're uncomfortable and they like it. Like, yeah. it's impossible. Mm -hmm. If these kids want to learn, I want them to come into a room that looks different. I have sports stuff hanging up. I have Star Wars stuff hanging up. I have Marvel stuff hanging up. Like, things that I know Love kids Marvel. like, <laughs> that we like, like, as a grown man, you know, and... It just works, you know? It just works. Like, my kids will joke about it being like, this teacher's from looks so much nicer than yours. I'm like, great. You know, like, <laughs> you're right. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think it's important, like, consistency and schedule. Like, my kids know every Wednesday they have a multiplication test. Every Friday we have a spelling and vocab test. They know they're getting homework every night in math except the night they have a test and the night they take a test. So, um yeah, you know, I think that that's really important because when you know what to expect, then you're already dealing with it mentally before you even have to deal with it physically. Plus, you also have an idea yourself. Like, you know they have a test. You yeah, know they have the exactly. You know they have the math. Like, you know all this stuff. And then I know when I got to correct. And what if they run over in the amount of time that is, you know, set aside for the test and they have lunch after math. So how am I going to get them to finish? You know, so there's a lot of that that goes into it, too, of, like, what days you choose to have your tasks or projects or presentations knowing like okay if this gets delayed which it might at least we have this subject to kind of overlap it a little bit or we could finish it so yeah like i'm always thinking like my wife's just like you never shut your mind off and yeah like sometimes when you have a lot on your plate like your mind just keeps going and that's not a great thing but um if you want something to work and you want to be great at something you got to do it Mm -hmm. point blank it's 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 terrible sometimes but you know tell me anybody who's super successful has a ton of money at one point just didn't be like yeah for years i just did this over and over and like listen to mark cuban i mean that guy tells you guy was selling stuff door to door i mean now he's one of the richest people on the planet so mm -hmm. that guy wasn't resting people I and mean, i'm not the first person to do it i won't be the last one but um yeah i think that it, it carries over into every aspect of my life and it makes it easier for me um, to then kind of teach that to kids. So I know, like, I feel like I'm definitely going to be a little bit of the endorsement in this is going to be you being my fifth grade teacher before. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And now, like, we've reconnected to, like, the Beyond podcast, whatever. Yeah. And I've had, because I had Tyler. Quinn, Who's also a fifth grade student of mine. Yeah, which, like, another, yeah, which is just hilarious because, like, Tyler reached out to me. And, you know, I've always kept in good touch with Tyler just because I feel like, I don't know what it is. I just feel like we have a similar life goal. Just we want to like do what we want to do. And it's it's not even like it's the same thing. It's just we want to do what we want to do. We want to get there fast. And we want to 
like really we don't mind working you know what yeah. i mean like especially tyler tyler is really good with what with the things he puts his mind to for sure and so i've always kept in touch with him you know it's yeah. funny i was always close friends with cam his little brother and uh you know i always kept in touch with tyler like separately as well and so when he asked me he was like hey like i'm doing this with anthony like i don't know and i was like who's anthony and yeah he was, yeah he's just like yeah anthony petrellis and i was like he don't got a kid. Oh yeah, he shows. yeah he right away just jumped right to Anthony. There was no Mr. Patrols, oh, and care. I loved it because I'm like, thank God, you know. Yeah, he like, don't care. No, yeah, he yeah, don't, yeah. It's hard for me. <laughs> I, I I still I just call I just dropped the Mister. I was yeah. just saying Patrols, but yeah. like, but like it's it's difficult calling you Anthony. That's weird to me. So uh, yeah. I don't know why it's weird for me, but like I remember you as a teacher, and I remember just like uh, you're an amazing teacher, and I just remember like you're one of my favorite classrooms, and it was like so much fun. Do you remember me as a student whatsoever? I do. Yeah, it's so funny. So when you when Tyler had said that, I reached out to John, who does the podcast with us, and I was like, you know, Tyler's brought up his kid Dan. He was super smart kid in school, like always nice, always super polite. No, I'm dead serious. You're not that you're sitting here. And I remembered you. Yeah, I remembered you right away. Your mom was like super involved with the classroom. She did a yeah, lot of like was. the um, like when we had like the PTG craft days and like all the fifth grade cool stuff that you do at the end of the year. Your mom was like the person in charge of everything. So yeah, I remembered you pretty vividly. And um, I was like, he's a smart kid. He's a nice kid. I'm like, this is exactly what we want on board. So yeah, yeah, I remembered you. You always did well in school. That whole crew that you had, you guys all, that was a good group. That was a pretty good class for the most part. I always mix up years a little bit. Like I used to always joke when teachers did. I'm like, how the hell do you not remember what year you had me? But now I get it. Like yeah, now I understand because yeah, it's, it's so always. Long, I think you were my third or fourth year of teaching. I mean, I, I'm trying so to you're think a senior in college now. No, I'm a junior in college. Junior, yeah. So even better. Okay, so that's seven and then minus like. Yeah, so you probably had me like third or fourth year of teaching. Yeah, which is. Obviously, in my younger, I definitely was probably not as like disciplined as I am now oh, with certain things. Oh, that was so fun. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember? I don't know if you, you probably you won't remember. And if you do remember this, you're gonna deny this. At this yeah, time. yeah. Uh, do you remember Cleef? Yes. Yeah, Cleef I remember Cleef. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I don't really talk to Cleef anymore. But I like, love Cleef. If you're watching right now, like we got love for you, brother. I love Cleef. I remember Cleef very is, well. Cleef is so funny, Under, <laughs> underratedly funny, Cleef. Um, and he was new to the school, I think, he that was year. At the time. Yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. He was new, and I remember Cleef and you had a little bit of like a disagreement, you know, as you do with most kids that like really stick out in your mind. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, they usually they're not the easiest ones. You know? Yeah. So you guys had a little bit of a disagreement. And I think he was saying something about, I forget, it was just something, it was wrong. And you were yeah. telling him, like, no, Cleef, like, that's not how this goes. <laughs> and then you picked up a volleyball. <laughs> or, like, a, it was like a dodgeball. And you go, okay, Cleef, since we can't come to, like, uh, an agreement here, I want you to stand over there. <laughs> if I hit you with this dodgeball, then I'm right. And he was like, and if you don't? And I was like, and I was like, then you, and you go, then you're right. And he was like... Okay, but don't whip it, Mr. Patrellis. Don't whip it. You were like, I'm not going to whip it. You unloaded this thing, and you nailed Cleve. I don't we, remember that, yeah, just for the record. Had, <laughs> and he and he was dying, and we had so much fun. We were all laughing. Oh, that was, uh, you know, like, he just, 
And, like, you know, we were just – that was so much fun. That was so Yeah, you know, and I think with my younger – like, when I was younger and I was teaching, I really don't recall that. But it oh sounds God, like it something so funny fun. that, you know, would happen in, a, in, in my class in my, like, mid-20s. Oh, you so know, good. I felt like there's probably a lot of stuff I could look back on and being like – but, you know, I think that – Part of building a classroom culture, like a kid like Cleef, like we, I, I, any kid that really maybe had a behavior issue, has a behavior issue in school, you know, just yelling and screaming at them has never kind of been my style because, like, yeah, for the most part, they know what they did is wrong and they're on the defensive. So it's not about what they did is wrong. It's more about why'd you do it. Um, and that's the discussion I, I feel like I have more now with kids of, hey, I'm pulling you aside. You know why I'm pulling you aside. Why'd you do it? Like, why'd you do it? You know, and it just, I feel like the the conversation does, never escalates. It always stays at, like, a voice classroom level that's important, where I see sometimes teachers jump right on the kid about things, and, and sometimes rightfully so, depending on what it might be, but that's just not my approach. And definitely in my 20s, I definitely joked around with kids a lot more, so and... Funny did probably funny things like that, you know, so but good. he would walk away from that laughing, knowing that like, I wasn't trying to hurt him. No, yeah. and he was laughing, you yeah. know what oh I mean? God, and yeah. I think that so that's fun. like the memories I built. Cause I've had kids come back and tell me things. I'm like, we did that really, you know, like in my head, I'm like, Oh, okay. You know? So it's funny what stands out. Like I'm sure any student I have that would walk in here could probably say something funny like that. Yeah. That was just, and I'd be like, Oh wow. Okay. You yeah. know, you did go underhand. <laughs> I did. You underhand. Okay. You were like, well, that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah, cause, you, cause you started going like this and I just remember you like, thinking about it in your head i'm just sitting there quiet you know i was i mean i talked a lot but like i wasn't like i didn't talk a lot like in those settings i was very much like maybe it was during my fast pitch softball days and i thought i just wanted to show it it might have been you know because i think but but then if i'm not mistaken people just wanted to start getting i think people wanted you to start lighting them up like if i'm not mistaken kids were like all right my turn my turn like Like, I was like, nah, like, I'm, yeah. I'm good on that. But, no, uh, Khalif, Khalif was one of my favorites. I, I talk about Khalif time to time. It's so funny you brought that name yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, Khalif is funny. And uh, I, I don't even remember who else was in that class. I remember, like, we were, like, the Bruins. Yeah. And I think, was it Miss Sivo? Who was the one next to us? Yeah, Miss Sivo was. Sivo? Yeah, she, she was not... from Denver. She was a big Broncos fan, big, like, Avalanche, Avalanche fan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that was always really funny. Like, we made it, like, sports teams. Like, yeah. You know, like, I think I was, the, I was the Bruins class. Yes, that's how we did it. We did Bruins and Avalanche. I yeah. I think that's how yeah. we did it. And that yeah. was hilarious. Because do you guys still do switching? Like, do you, I mean, maybe not now because of COVID. Not since COVID, no. Wow. So since COVID, we don't. So it, it's weird because I always like having another class. Yeah, so I didn't wow. teach yet. LA before because I would teach a double math block and then the teacher I would switch with Mrs. Sivo who you know and then a few other teachers since um we would they would teach my kids ELA so now these last couple of years I'm teaching ELA for the first time in literally a decade and wow. it's fun I love teaching writing and I love like going in depth with stories and you know really teaching like sentence structure and all that but um yeah it was different you know so you know some of that cool stuff that we did early on I, I wish we were st- we still would do but with COVID for the last you know two school years we haven't switched or people don't really go into different classes right now yeah so you have know? you had any um so obviously you've had like 
ton of students at this point. You know, mm-hmm. like you've been teaching for how long? You how long have you been teaching? This is my fifteenth year. Fifteenth year, and yeah. you're, just, you're young, which is crazy to have fifteen years under the belt. Like that'll be my sister when she, because she started teaching when she was twenty three. You know, like fresh out teaching. That's me too. You know? Same thing. Yeah. So uh, you know, not everyone has that. So like you're fifteen years in, you're still got so much time. So. Have you, so since it's been 15 years, you have kids like me, you yeah. know what I mean? Like it's been 10 years since I've been in there. So, uh, and like, I'm doing what I'm doing, but have you had any kids like that you've kept track of or that have popped back up like later on other than like me and Tyler that you're like, Oh my God, like they're doing this. So like you see them out, like when they're like like 15 years later and you're like, Oh my God, you were my first. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, there, there's always a few, you know, I always try to like go out of my way um like on social media a lot there's a kid darnell that i had my first year darnell who I Richardson. yeah who i remember really really well and he's doing great things and i always send him a message time to time just to check in and see how he's doing um the urban product yeah good it's podcast. very good he's he's funny man they're, they're all pretty funny on funny. there um but you know What's different for me is like the coaching world and like in the summer, I run the summer fun program and I've been doing that like parallel to teaching. So this will be my 15th year running it, my 16th year working there this summer coming up. So I've always had students who then come work for me in the Uh. summer, you know, so I get to see them at the high school level. And then some of them work for me for like six or seven summers, you know, so I get to really know them on a personal level. And then I'm writing like letters of recommendation for colleges. And then when they're out of college, writing it for jobs. Um, so that stuff's pretty cool. That happens a lot, actually. Yeah, and so even had, in the world so this, of coaching. I, our interaction isn't too new for you. No, no. It, to me, it just gets cooler every time, you know, yeah, because like you students. said, I mean, I'm, I'm 38. I mean, I'm definitely up there, probably considered like what your audience might be younger. But, um, you know, yeah, I consider myself still pretty young in certain ways. And um, it's always cool to sometimes have like former students or former players that like work for me or we we're do something together like they always make me feel a little younger too so yeah. uh it's it's nice in that sense and it's like super humbling you know you you might you remember you probably seen teachers at the supermarket before or at the yeah, mall or just yeah. in mefred like and you're not always tempted to go up and say hello to them or you're just like oh that's so and so like and then you just keep walking and you don't really think about it but when kids like kind of go out of their way to come up and see me or reach out to me about like a summer job um, or a letter of recommendation. I mean, that's like, that's cool. Like yeah. that's, it makes me feel that like at least the first half of my career, I've done a lot right. I've done mm-hmm. a lot more right than I probably have done wrong. So yeah. uh, that's pretty cool. Cause yeah. it is hard. Like you see a teacher, like even if I saw a teacher that like I loved, you know what I mean? Like even, you know, cause I was in fifth grade, I was very different. Like when I was little, like, I mean, I, I talked a lot to my friends. Like I always remember getting them my like progress reports, like needs to stop talking like while i'm trying to see teach. i would have never described you as yeah that, well that's see that's the thing yeah uh because either if i didn't have like a lot of friends in the class i was mute yeah. for the most part you know but like nowadays like oh, like i don't stop so yeah well you do this right I you do talk this. to everybody i talk for a living so if you told <laughs> if i told anybody like that i was ever quiet like they'd just laugh in my face like but i was yeah. so like um you know so in a class like that like even a teacher like you like if i saw you out and about i'd just be like all right, let's not like try to get, give this guy a memory test right now. Like, yeah, like, let me yeah. just leave him alone. Like, I'll, I'll maybe I'll run into him another day. But like, you know, some teachers like you just don't feel like, you know, like you made like a mark yeah. in their minds, and then like you'd be trying to like jog their memory, and then you just don't want to deal with all that. Yeah, so you just leave them alone. So having kids come up to you yeah. means not only that they liked you as a teacher, but also that they feel like 
you'd remember and that like it's worth that little awkward few seconds yeah which like no one likes to deal with but that few awkward seconds then all of a sudden it's like oh yeah you were in this class with this and this right he's like yeah like i did this and like you know like thank you for the teaching and all that and uh yeah so that's great but um another thing i want i don't know if this is something that you'd want to discuss but like uh my sister always is always talking about like how a lot of the kids that she has maybe it's because it's lynn or whatever like male teachers and like male figures in their life like they're just there's just not that many and like in the world we're in today like it's probably less now than there ever has been you know so um being a male teacher yeah first of all does it feel like does it feel different like do you really realize that you're a male teacher and then also like do you feel like it's beneficial to have more like guys going into teaching i had a kid on a couple weeks ago he's a male he's going yeah. into teaching too and he he kind of talked about it a little bit i like to get your yeah thoughts. i mean at the elementary level 100 percent. i mean i've been in my school 15 years and maybe in those 15 years like there was a gentleman who was a teacher there for about three or four years and then he changed career and he's doing awesome um and then there's been a few that have come in like like our PE teachers, for the most part, have always been female as well. So yeah. a lot of years in my school, I'm the, I've been the only male in our school. So I think at the elementary level, yes, other Mefford schools, there's males almost at every level, or at least more than one. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important. I think it's a job that um, I, I love doing. Like, I love being a dad. Like, before I came here, I was like up with my kids in the morning, like playing with their Christmas toys or things that they got and – and I love doing that, you know, so for me, like in a classroom, like I genuinely enjoy it for the most part, work can be tough this year for sure. But for the most part, I've never in my career, like dread waking up, going to work, be like oh, another day, oh, Tuesday, like not really. I mean, I've had my days. Yeah. yeah like anybody else. else. You know? um, or you're a little tired because, you know, four hours. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially <laughs> this year. It's just been a lot. But mm-hmm. um, it. Yeah, I think it's a huge responsibility, and I wish there were more male teachers at the elementary level because I think kids respond a little bit differently than males, and whether they don't maybe have a particular male figure in their life or um, that, you know, they maybe have, you know, just sometimes with kids, they just click better maybe with a female teacher at times, and other times they click better with a male teacher. And um, I think having that power that a lot of kids like i walk in the hallway and every kid's like hey mr p hey mr p like different grades and Mm -hmm. i love that i think that that's really cool like some of these kids i might have had a camp or some of these kids i just see in the hallway and i say hi to them or um i pop by their class and like you know whatever like i I can definitely be like that in the building like i love saying hi to kids or complimenting their shirt or this year their masks like that's a cool mask or whatever (laughs) and they remember that and then they see the next time they go out of their way to like say hi or wave at you and I think, yeah, sometimes a male teacher can have that impact without even realizing that they do. So, yeah, I think at the middle school and high school level, I think you see it a lot more, mm-hmm. you know, but at the elementary, you, you don't as much. And and I, I wish I wish we did. I wish we had five male teachers in our school because yeah. I think it would just make that much more of an impact uh, for kids that might need that male figure in yeah. their life. Because it'll never be like the majority, of, you know, no, but like yeah. it, even just like one more. 
Yeah, know, like, like every once in a while, I'm like, yeah, like I wish. You well, you one. come in like after like <laughs> yeah. a Patriots game, and you just like you're like mad about it, or you just like want to talk to somebody <laughs> about it, and you literally have no one to talk to about it, and you're in like kind of a bad mood about it, and or like when the Bruins lose, like I don't want to talk to people when they lose a series, you know, and oh my god, and you have. You know, no one gets it. And they're like, oh, tough loss yesterday, huh? And you're like, get out of my room. Like, you know, like, get out of here. Almost like, almost like egging you on about it. Yeah, yeah, well, they just don't. They're like, oh, better luck next year. Get like, out of here. Get out of here. It's like, it's like Bergeron might not be here next year. Yeah. I don't want to talk this about next year. This might have been the last run. This might have been the last next run. Year. Yeah, I uh, get that. So it'd be good to have, even for you. you yeah. Know, for your sake. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I was just like, it's always like, you know, I learned so much much from from my sister like she's always telling me something new about like like the theory behind it. like she's like a real like student of like education which yeah. is kind of funny you know but um and i and I, another question i wanted to ask you though yeah. about teaching and i know i feel like i've kind of gone straight to teaching hey listen about it. but um it's a big part of who you are so do you feel like so you're teaching what 10 year olds yeah 10 11 year olds yeah so like at some so you've been around 10 11 year olds for like 15 years so yeah. Does do you talk to the kids like almost like equals in a way? Like, do you feel like in a like they rub off on you at all? Like, do you learn things from these kids as well? Like, yeah, like this so year, young, you know? this year, like yeah, the kids like know about the podcast and stuff like that because yeah, it's on YouTube. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe. Maybe they'll talk to me about this. Can we throw a volley, uh, dodgeball at this kid? No. Uh, no, but, you know, they, they like, they're big on YouTube. Like, YouTube's huge over the last few years. What I've noticed, especially technology-wise, with, like, the class that I had, you know, the last year and then even a half of year of COVID being just strictly remote, um, these kids all have YouTube channels. Like, even nowadays, when I ask kids what they want to grow up, be when they grow up, every year – being a YouTuber, there's like more and more kids saying that, you know? So um, where we just started the podcast on YouTube, really, like I said, to begin with, a lot of kids were like finding my channel and being like, oh, you YouTube famous, you have a YouTube channel and they would just follow it. And like the other thing I take a lot of pride in our content is like, I don't swear, I don't say anything bad, I don't say anything disrespectful. Like it's a good listen, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to highlight people, I'm not trying to, spin any negative light on anything i mean there's enough of that out there that you know keep keep people busy so that's not like the point of what yeah. i do so i'll cover that yeah <laughs> i'll cover the, the fun the, you know and it's just important there. i think you know like a guy like will smith made his music like he never cussed and that was something he made millions Extremely and millions impressive. of dollars you know so it it's doable and um and that's something i take a lot of pride in and i'm a teacher i'm a role model and that you know when i do things outside of it I expect and have the same expectations for myself. So, um, and I have young kids and I want people to look at it much differently than someone who just goes on there and says whatever they want and do whatever they want because yeah, I don't, I don't want, I want people to see that's who I am pretty much 24 seven. Like who, yeah, what you see what is what you get. You like, know? It's not, it's not fake. Like just cause you're saying it, it's not yeah. like, like, like dolling it up all the time. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know. have my opinions and you know, sometimes I, I feel strongly about my opinions like anybody else, but, um, 
yeah, for the most part, I'm pretty laid back. Sorry, I went a little off task there, but um, yeah, you know, I, I it's it's really cool because a lot of my kids are YouTubers, so they've like been following my channel. Kids have been buying like the podcast T-shirts. Like parents reach out to me like via email or via social media, being like, "Hey, we want to put the stock and stuff in there for them and That's and so do cool. all that," which is like That's really so cool, really cool. Um, but yeah, I take a lot of pride in. Um, you know, what we put out there, what we do, but also just being a good influence. Like a lot of my kids listen to that and respect that. Um, especially like the boys, I feel like the boys, like every day I'm playing football outside with the kids, you know, mm -hmm. and the boys, like they're all, Oh, we listened to your latest episode or we saw the latest thing that you did. And, um, it's cool. It, it's, it's all humbling. I mean, I'm sitting here with you right now, doing this and i would never think in a million years you would want to have me on here or oh, this would even happen right. so um i think everything that i've done to this point has led me to to what i'm doing here and what i'm talking about and what we're going to continue to be so yeah it's cool yeah it's, it's really cool. it's really cool and like you know this being like the 50th episode i thought it'd be fun you know yeah like, i just you know i just did mine i was the same way as you dude like every week i was doing it and then mm -hmm. once we started going to games, well, I, let me rewind that. Once we started going, like, in the summer, we do, like, restaurants and stuff like that. So yeah. that was a big aspect of what we did, too, the interviewing coaches, interviewing coaches. And in the summer, restaurants in the state started opening back up. So obviously there's not a lot of sports going on. We covered a cool high school all-star game, right? But what we decided to do was we – our product's niche, like you mentioned it earlier, like we're kind of a niche product. Like if you're not into high school athletics, then you could care less about what I'm doing. And yeah, that's yeah. fine, right? Um, so we realized that and we said we got to pull in other avenues to doing this. So one big thing that we did was we did a segment in the summer of cool places to grab a bite to eat or maybe a drink after a game, like a high school game that would, you know, that everybody in the town or the city would go to. And we kind of stayed local. Again, talking about former students and former players, like one of the places that we reached out to and talked with was Razo's and the manager, Jake there, Edmund was a kid that I coached in football and a kid that I didn't have personally in fifth grade, but was a fifth grade. His brother went there too. So Again, kind of like having that conversation with Mr. Petrolis or you know, like Anthony, you know. Um, so places like that. And then we did John Brewers. We did Salvatore's. We did um, we did all sorts of places. And, and, and from that is when we really started to kind of get people reaching out about sponsorships and reaching out about advertisements. Yeah, space. John Brewer's getting another one right now. Yeah, and yeah, and John Brewer's getting another plug here. I mean, they sponsor <laughs> us, and they've been great to us. We have an awesome relationship with them. If and... you want to sponsor me, go for it. <laughs> and, and they, like, kind of bought the vision. You know, um, we went in there, and we cut a cool episode. Gene Bain, another awesome college coach I had on, by the way, Gene Bain, when I was talking about college coaches earlier, Mefford guy. You know, Mefford's all-time everything in basketball. Um, awesome dude. But he came in and did the John Brewers episode with us, and it was awesome. And, you know, shortly after that, they reached out to us just saying that, you know, they wanted to kind of work together, and um, they were looking to do some things a little differently. And for us, it was kind of our goal. We were hoping with one of those places we would – hit off specifically there and it, and it ended up working out really well in our favor and their favor as well, I think. And, um, we've been doing a lot of stuff together, have like a sign up there and to have coasters with our podcast on it, with our handles on there. And, 
Yeah, it's uh sticker. I mean, it's cool. It, yeah. It's really cool. You got cool. a banner for uh is it for that? Is it for John Yeah, Brewers? so for John Brewers, we have a cool like That's wooden cool. sign and actually after this today, uh, a couple of our other sponsors I have signs for too that I'm going to be dropping off as well that they want to hang it up at their establishments. Dave over at Boston Physical Therapy and Wellness and Anthony Bucheri over at Built by Bucheri. So I'm going to be making some pitch stops today. That's really cool. Uh, I was, I was dropping off hats the other day. I felt like, <laughs> felt like a millionaire. I yeah. Like, oh, here's your hats and your mailbox. You know, like, yeah. I'm just like, oh, dropping off a package. Like, here you go. People were just, uh, people were awesome about the hats. People were awesome about that. I got to get you a hat. Yeah. So. I, listen, I will wear it around everywhere. I'm a big hat guy. As I'm losing my hair and my head, <laughs> wearing a hat is even more important to keep me looking young so i always say i was always like hey like you know like i have um some family members that might be losing hair right now you know yeah. who you are and um <laughs> and uh you know i was always saying like i feel bad because i i'm one guy i do not care about my hair yeah physical appearance does not matter much to me like whatsoever so i have no issue I would if I was losing hair, I'd chop everything off. I have no yeah. problem being bald. You know. Yeah, I and I and I think it. I'm there. You know, it's um, I'm not bad yet. It's not, I mean, I, I'm not bad. <laughs> I'm not like, all right, buddy, cut your hair. But like, yeah, there's a little bald spot in the back, and uh, it's it's growing daily. And so, yeah, at some point, I'll definitely have to buzz it all off. But um yeah i'm not there yet you no, know because i'm not ready for the next 30 40 years of my life i'm not gonna have hair so i'm gonna hang on to it as long as i can yeah, a little as you bit, should you know as you should as you should <laughs> i just wish like you know i feel like you know knowing my family hair like i looked up the tree i looked up the line yeah. i'll have hair i think i'm pretty certain i'll have hair for my whole life it's for, like i thick hair so um I wish I could trade with someone, you know, yeah. someone that really like, you know, some people have like real separation issues. Yeah, when it yeah. Comes to their hair, like they get to that age, like I'm sure, like a lot of your friends, like it's time. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. I so, have a few. I have a few. Yeah. And definitely, like some of them really hang on or like just all out denial. Yeah. I wish I could trade with these people and just give them my hair, and I'll take the bald. Yeah. Just because, like, you know, like I'm, comp- I'd be completely okay with it. Yeah. You know, and I just feel like that's a that's a thing that I wish I could take over. Completely, completely sidetracked right there. Hey, but, listen, uh, I, listen, it's a great conversation piece. Uh, yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I'm I'm getting close to that like comb over on the bald spot a little bit. So when I when I get too much there, then yeah, it's coming off. Yeah, well, <laughs> once you feel like you're seeing too much, you're like you'll you'll know. Yeah, you'll know. And if you won't know, your wife will. know. Yeah, so, she'll uh, say so. She's a hairdresser, so I think oh, she'll give me she'll give me the fair assessment of like it's time. Yeah. And I'll be like, okay. And you'll be like, no, I don't know. She'll be like, Mr. Petrolis. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Mr. Petrolis. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So uh, she must be like your rock then. If you got all that going on, like she must be like the best. She is. She honestly just like, it's crazy. Like even coaching wise, like coaching's a lot of hours. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when I'm in something, I'm in something. Like I'm all in. And she knew that about me and like the patience of like going scouting and, you know, but also like bringing it home. Like there's plenty of games after we lose a game, like I bring it home and I'd be like mad. And especially as like a defensive coordinator, if we got lit up or like we let up, like, you know, to me in high school, if you can keep teams on the three scores for the most part, I think that's, you know, nowadays offensively teams score a lot. So yeah, it was, your goal is always under, you know, your goal is always never to let teams score. But, yeah. um, you know, certain team teams you know. 21 and under. Yeah, you're like certain teams that you know that can score. You're like, all right, if we can keep these teams at two scores, that that's we've done our job, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so you sometimes take that home with you a lot. And, you know, my wife had to deal with that for a long time. And just like the schedule and me not being around, especially when we had twins, 
um, and I was a head coach, it was, you know, our babies had some medical issues early on. My son had a surgery, you know, before a year. Um, both are diagnosed with autism. You know, my daughter has, you know, a few things going on that um, we she gets support for. And, you know, we my wife had services. So she's, she's done a lot, you know. And during that time period, obviously, I stepped down from coaching. Um, and I kind of started this business not too shortly after. So the good thing is, is that, like, our lives are pretty routine and scheduled that we communicate with each other really well. But, yeah, I wouldn't be able to do any of this without her. Um, and even like her support at times when I'm like, eh, I don't think this is right. Like it's kind of her voice of reason. That's like, what are you talking about? You know, like you yeah. just went on for 20 minutes telling me this, you know, that it's going to like, why don't, you know, and she kind of like talks a lot of sense into me a lot of times. And I would say that's like the one person in the world that can like really balance me pretty quickly when I'm kind of going back and forth a little bit. I'm very lucky. My That's wife close. is like the best. <laughs> like she's, yeah. And I'm like kind of out of my mind a little bit too. So <laughs> like she definitely puts up with that and the ups and downs of everything. But yeah, she's the best. I love her. She's... So, uh, you know, so you kind of needed to step down from coaching out of necessity. Yeah, I would say necessity. But like if I'm being truthful, yeah, it was overwhelming. I think everything that was going on, I was just overwhelmed, you yeah. know, and I felt like, I needed to put my priority more at home. And if I have to do that, that's okay. I think a lot of coaches make those decisions. But then I also have to be fair to the program and be fair to the kids and say, I can't give you guys 100%. And giving them 70%. Like, I cover this now because I want to cover the work and grind that goes into coaching and training and being an athlete and your offseason and all that stuff. And it wouldn't be fair for me to not be able to give that um, not because I don't want to, it's just, I really couldn't, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, so yeah, so I just didn't feel like it was fair to the program and to the school. And obviously the, the school was great about it and understanding my decision. And, um, yeah, you know, there's no bad blood at all. I wish I, you know, could have maybe finished what I started there and I felt like we were on the right path, but, um, you know, family first and, and that's, that's okay with me. So yeah, and uh, I was just I was kind of gonna say like you know like as as well it might have been like out of necessity but then like that ends it kind of gives you room for the podcast and yeah kind of start what you're doing now yeah and uh, you know I mean obviously like you could coach like your whole life for like a high school team but you know I feel like you're doing something a lot more unique and yeah. maybe more like even more exciting you know because right. it's new. So, uh, you know, even when, like, you feel like it's kind of a good example of just, like, when things don't look like it's uh, it's going well or, like, you feel like, you, you feel like you're losing an opportunity. It's like a step back to go take a step forward type yeah. thing. Like, you end up being able to do this. Like, that's that's awesome, you know? The yeah. opportunity rose, you know, from the concrete grew rose. Yeah, thing. and I think, too, like, and I say this with a ton of respect to people. This is no disrespect to anybody that I work for or whatever. But I feel like of all these years, like, of teaching, like, you know, I've, I've done well in that area of teaching. And I put a lot of work in. And I think sometimes when you put a lot of work in, the hardest thing about teaching sometimes is being told to do something that's not necessarily proven, but it might be like the hot thing that every school district's doing at the time, or you're adopting this, or we're going to try things this way because for this year, this is the cool thing or the niche thing, or this is what everybody's doing. This is the hot term. And the same thing kind of with coaching, like when you coach, you know, sometimes you might have, you know, a school or an AD that's not as supportive as you hope they be, or that, you know, you're going a hundred miles an hour at this for them, like in return, 
you know, sometimes you feel like you you work for people that don't see the same vision or maybe don't understand your dynamics in your classroom or on your team. And it gets frustrating sometimes. Yeah. So like doing this podcast, it's like me kind of just being me and like me wanting to do good and not always being able to do good. But with this podcast, like we're able to do good and spread good and do it all the time. And I have complete control over that. And I think that's something that not to sound like selfish and I'm not like I run a summer program too, but you always are limited, limited to what sometimes you can do or what you want to do because you have somebody else who tells you, and that's, that's life. You have a boss, a boss tells you what to do. You got to do it. Mm -hmm. um, whether you agree with it or not. And I'm never one to vocally disagree. I just do what I'm told to do. Um, but it is nice with this podcast a little bit to have control over, like we went to Somerville, we bought a kid a pair of sneakers because he was telling us a story how he didn't have sneakers. Like, mm -hmm. to me, that's like amazing that we're able to do that, you know, that we're able to kind of give back to our community. Like we gave a thousand dollar donation to the Flutie Foundation. You know, my children are diagnosed with autism. That's what that foundation is all about. We were able to donate a communication board to the school that they're going to be attending next week you know actually next week so um wow. starting up school <laughs> yeah so so we're we want to be able to do like these awesome things and give back and sometimes it's not the easiest thing to do in my other jobs you know so in this having complete control like i want this to be my personality at the end of the day my personality is yeah, like I care about people and I care about the well-being of people. And that's something I pride myself on for a really long time. And you can talk to as many people as you want. I hope that's one of the first qualities they mention about me, you know, is that what you see is what you get, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I hang my hat on that a lot. So um, it's nice to be able to do this, too, because I'm making a coach's day. I'm making an athlete's day. I'm making a parent's day. I'm making a school district's day because doing that, we're showing it all off, right? Like we're showing off the product of the school system, especially like if it's a public school, you're showing off the school system from the super up top to the principal of the school, to the athletic directors, to the coaches, to the student athletes and those teachers that might impact them. So like us doing what we're doing, yes, like small scale, cool videos, social media, you know, doing podcasts with those coaches, but then on the bigger scale, like we're showing off the school environment, we're showing off the student section, we're showing off the, you know, football games in the fall, like we were showing off cheerleaders, the student section, rating the concession stands, talking yeah. to parents, talking to the athletic directors, like even some of them talking to the principals. And the feedback that we've gotten is that the entire school district is showing it on their social media. It's not just the football team or just the basketball team. It's the, the mom's page, the school page, the fa this Facebook page, that Facebook page. And that's like what we're trying to do at the end of the day is like bigger scale. We want to show off a district, a city or a town to keep kids in school if they want to stay at that public school or the opposite. If we're doing it for a Catholic school, we want to show off that environment, those alumni, those whatever, because let's face it, most people that go back and coach, their first starting point at least is where they played. Because yep. they know that coach, they know that program, they know the city and town, they know the system, like they get it. And it's their stepping stone. And for us, like we want to be able to capture that. Like to have some of these coaches, like Mark Antonelli of Somerville, he's a lifelong Somerville guy. Like to be able to do that for him and his program and his family and the community, like the community, the new high school, everything. Like we showed off something that they probably weren't able to do. And we did it in an 11 and a half minute video. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's not, pretty it's, cool. Because it, that's the whole thing is like, it's not much, but it's everything. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, like it's kind of and the kind of what you were saying, like it's good to be able to decide what you're doing exactly. Like yeah. it's being your own boss. It's the, it's everyone's goal now. You know, with right. like especially over these past like two years, it really expedited the process. But this has kind of been a long time coming of like everyone doing the, what they want to do yeah. separately. You know, and um, it kind of what you were saying, like these kids now. You know, you see more, you, you give them a sheet in the beginning of the year. What do you want to be when you get older is the first question. Right. And they answer, I want to make YouTube videos or I want to, like, have a podcast. I want to be on TV. I want to do this. I yeah. want to be my own boss is basically what they're telling you. Yeah. You know, and uh, you want that and, like, I want that. Like, I'm trying my best. And I feel like it's kind of like a, like a thing that everyone is really, not only, everyone always, has always wanted it. Yeah. It's just recently it seems possible. Yeah. I think so. You know, you look at all, you look at everybody now. I mean, everyone has the access of doing this from a studio or doing this from home or doing this from wherever. And, yeah, it changes the game, especially if you're on top of it and you know what you want to talk about and you're organized and you have the right guest on. I mean... I'll give a plug here. Like a friend of mine, Kristen Granara, the she does a podcast on Disney, like living the KG life. Again, it's it's a niche kind of thing, like what what we're doing. But she's bringing on aspects of people that cover Disney from all different angles and talking about everything Disney, from Disney Plus to you know rides to parks to like shortcuts about things. Like it's a really cool podcast, and you're able to do that from home and have like a couple people to work with you on it. Yeah, it seems like more of a reality more than ever because there's just so many different ways of getting you out there. The hardest part is advertising that, right? The hardest part is yeah. growing from your demographic of these are my friends and family who listen to me or people that have begun to view, but how do I grow to that next level? And I think we're trying to figure that out as Beyond Podcast now that we've gathered an audience from the coaching world, the restaurant world, the student world. I mean, we have so many high school kids following us now. Like if I look at my story, it's like all high school kids looking at it. I put anything sports yeah. up there, they're all following it. You yeah. know, I put an old clip up there or a throwback clip up there. I tag that kid in it and that thing ha is at like six, 700 views before like 12 hours, you know, because they're putting it on theirs and they're showing it off. and. That's how we grow. We grow because then I'll look an hour later and I have like 10 new followers, you know? So it's that part of it's tough. I mean, that's everybody can do this, but then that next step is like, okay, how do I then grow this? And I don't know all the answers. I'm figuring it out. I went to school for education. Like I didn't go to school for this, you know? So I take classes. I read a lot, you know, when I can, like, you know, yeah, my schedule yeah. is tough, but um, that's why I say I always look in the short term because right now I know what we're doing. I know what we got to do. I'm hoping it leads to certain things, mm -hmm. but it will never lead to certain things if I'm not 100% focused on getting that part of it done first. So uh, I know what's next because I got the schedule. Yeah, we, yeah. We text, so I know what's coming up. But for people that are still around right now on the podcast, what's like, what's coming down like the pike right now? What's going on? So the coolest thing we have coming up is 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 now. You know, so Sunday part of this podcast that's really cool not to go on a tangent here but like going backwards as much as we've covered awesome sports events we've also covered other things we covered in method for example we covered like their big election it was like a big mayor election a big city council school committee being a teacher there i don't live there but just hearing all about it um 
and I know some people personally that run for that stuff. So um, it was interesting, and I thought, hey, let's just kind of go around and tape it and interview people. And it ended up just kind of being really funny. You know, it was like six, seven minutes of it. And that led to this Sunday, um, the mayor of Medford, she, she won uh, her reelection. She reached out to us and asked us if I would emcee her inauguration, uh, the city's inauguration for this Sunday. So something that's completely off the sports topic and sports world. Really fun, though. But a lot of fun. I'm super nervous, uh, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, we were talking a little bit about it beforehand. Like, I am, I'm a little nervous. But um, that's... Like when I talk about growing that next step, it's like doing little things like this that, again, your product, my product is so niche. You got to grow off of that. You got to have branches. And we have the main core stuff and we have the Friday night light football stuff. And now we're jumping into the winter sport. So I have that January 2nd, Sunday, January 2nd. And then after that, the month of January, we are slammed. Like we're going to be covering all sorts of sports at Malden High School, Malden Catholic, Mefford High School, Arlington Catholic, Stoneham, um, Burlington High School, um, Holliston High School. So we're, we're kind of going to be going to a lot of different places, and we're really excited to cover basketball, uh, hockey, gymnastics, swimming. Swimming. Yeah. So, I mean, we're it's not like we're covering one or two sports. We are legitimately covering – all different types of winter sports so we're pretty slammed i feel like we have a pretty full schedule and uh that's the other thing i think knowing when to just cut off like what you're doing right because it sounds great when you wanted to do this and do that and teams want you to cover this or cover that but like for me like i have kids at home you know and i have a life and my wife works so it's not just like me being able to um, just, okay, yeah, no problem. It's like, I got to look at my schedule. I got to talk to my wife. I got to, you know, like we sat down the other day and went over our schedule for January and February. But, um, you know, January we are loaded. February we are pretty loaded. Um, and then I have a few things brewing after that, um, you know, that I, I'll keep more on the hush right now because it's really cool. And I, and I really want to kind of hang on to it for a little bit longer, but, um, you know, we have theme months of what we cover and different things that we're doing. And, you know, between winter sports and spring sports in high school, there's a significant amount of time, a couple of weeks before the next one begins. So we have a couple fun stories that we might be covering in there. And, um, and then before, you know, we'll be back in the summer and we plan on kind of revamping our main core segment of going to some more spots, a cool place to grab a bite to eat or a drink after a game. And, show off their inside their outside or whatever so um yeah there's a lot definitely in the pot brewing but um you know right now like i said i'm a pretty short-term guy and we're just we're gonna knock it out of the park we're gonna change the way high school sports are looked at viewed um and and seen at least in massachusetts and that's that's our goal i think we have a pretty good plan of what we want to do the kind of access we want to give and the more and more we talk to coaches about it the more and more they're all in and all on board with it. I think they're starting to see the vision that we've kind of presented here today with getting that all access behind the scenes looks that no high school program has, or at least if they don't have a hire a camera crew to come do it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing it with our phones. I mean, that's the crazy part. Like yeah, yeah. we got phones, we have speakers for the phones you plug in lights. I mean, that's it. We're not rolling in with a truck full of stuff. Like yeah. we're coming in with very simple sm- little bag that we might carry in with us to have <laughs> yeah. some of the stuff. And that's it. Like yeah. that's what's great about us. Yeah. You know, you know, like hanging out like, hi, we're here. <laughs> yeah. And we tell the coaches like, you won't even know, we're here like you know and that's what's cool like talking to them and seeing what they want to catch and what they want but uh 
you know, at the end of the day, we're invisible out there. And yeah. I think that that's what also sells programs. It's not us constantly haunting the coach like, hey, hey, can you make sure you do this? Or, hey, can you make sure we do that? Like, no. <laughs> like, Just a couple no. things, you know. As a head coach, like, I get it. As an assistant coach, I get it. Like, I don't want someone asking me a thousand questions. Like, yeah. I just simply want, like, this is what you want to cover. Cool. These are a couple kids I want you to keep an eye on. Pay attention to this. And, okay, we'll do yeah. that all. And, and good luck. You know, yeah. like, and that's what we've become. And I think that's, you know, working with Somerville, that's the one thing that was said. He's like, you know, you guys caught every little thing that – I was hoping you would catch. And that was pretty complimentary because there were three of us there at that time at that game and the angles we were catching and you guys like, and that's the cool thing. I, I don't know everything about this. Like I don't, you know, I have an idea and a vision and I have a great network of coaches, I think to really grow this further, but it's, you know, we put a thing out for interns and boom, you and Tyler came popping in and football was my world, so it was a little bit easier to, like, navigate and figure out. But, you know, I don't, I've never been a basketball coach. I didn't play basketball in high school. So mm-hmm. knowing angles and where to stand and where to catch things, you guys have been super helpful. And um, I think that that's what is going to help this grow, like, long term is more people, more kids wanting to come on here and get hours and learn how to work. And, you know, especially if they have a great background in communications and editing or iMovie or, you know, just want to kind of get their feet wet because this is something they might want to go to school for i mean the the young people have all the ideas like you guys like i go on max preps all the time on instagram and i'm just like scrolling through and the coolest stuff on max prep is taken from your phone someone standing on the sideline yeah. like that's mm-hmm. the coolest stuff you know yeah, it's yeah. not this like big high def camera that catches you know this kid dunking and his tongue's hanging half out when he's dunking on no one cares about that like that's cool it's a bonus but yeah. people just care about seeing something organically yeah, or seeing something happen. yeah and that's and that's what we try to cover you know, yeah. and I think that that's what I'm hoping separates us from. And there's going to be people that try to copycat this. And there's going to be people that see this or hear this and be like, we can do this. And that's great. That's why, like, we never want our stuff to be the same because mm-hmm. that's what makes it hard when you're different a lot. You know, being different and always doing something different, that's the hardest thing to compete with. That's the hardest thing to go against because someone's constantly evolving. And if you're not constantly evolving, then you become that stale product that, like, we're hoping not to be. Yeah. So, um, um, yeah, yeah, and uh, you know it's one thing. Like I remember look, I remember looking at this like a long time ago. Like I remember looking before, like way before I was like intern and way a long time ago, early on. And I remember yeah. seeing like the Instagram and just being like, you know, I didn't really think too much about it. I was like, oh, this is cool, you know. It's mm-hmm. just like that's, and then I just moved past it. But then like literally like five minutes talking to you, and I think this is really good. Like doing something like this, and like anybody that sees it is gonna like fully understand now. Yeah. Like once you see like how passionate you are about it, and how like real you are about it, and like you're taking a lot of time into it. You're thinking ahead. You're scheduled. You're organized. It's like and it's real. Like it's not yeah. like it's like an idea you have. Like it's actually you're actually happening. Like it's actually happening all at once i think that's what's going to kind of get people to be like i love this idea yeah it brought me from liking it to loving it very yeah. much so. so i feel like this was perfect for you um we're just about an hour and 20 minutes in. wow wow that flew dude i i would have never guessed that yeah i was gonna ask you to guess but recently when i've been asking people have been like on the money and it bugs me like yeah, you know like, yeah. i'm just like how are you so because i have no idea what i would have i would have said maybe an hour 
Yeah, so it would have been awesome. Another extra 20 awesome. minutes, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, how'd you uh, – this, this isn't your first podcast. Obviously, you have your own, but like – Yeah, so it. I did a really cool one. I got asked to do uh, – I mentioned the guy earlier, Matt Noonan of Noontime Sports. And oh, he's nice. a big-time college cover guy. And, you know, him and I have become friendly over the last few months. I mean, some people laugh, like, aren't you guys competition? I mean, I don't really look at anybody as competition. And I don't, and I don't mean that in a mean way. I just – I mean it in like – yeah, he's smart, dude, and, like, just talking to him and the people he knows and the contacts he has and vice versa. You know, he's trying to grow his business, and I think when you have two people that, for the most part, started what they do on their own, like, yeah, I have a ton of respect for him. And But it was cool getting on there and just talking to him about this podcast. I mean, it was really just talking about ideas and growth and experiences of it. You know, I like to look at this podcast becoming, and I think I said this to you before, I almost want to look at it as like a high school ESPN, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to have your stats and your players of the game and stuff like that. But then you're also going to have like your 30 for 30s in which you're getting like the behind the scenes stuff of something or talking to a coach on a podcast. And maybe that's a different avenue as well or a different branch off of it. And then you're going to have like your E60s, like you're going to have your quick 10 to 15 minute videos that we're kind of doing now like that's like what i want because you know like quick is everything i mean instagram so many people are on and it's about those 15 second clips or those 10 second clips that make you laugh that you watch it again and watch it again and watch it again like that's the stuff we we really try to capture on our social media mm -hmm. so we try to have a lot of different things and then obviously we have a cool restaurant bit that we've had places reaching out to us already like in chelmsford i have places reaching out to us in boston i have a kid who actually a former student of mine who was a former counselor for me now is a big time manager in Boston and he's reaching out to me about coming in and doing some stuff with them. Absolutely. So, um, we have a lot of cool stuff like brewing and, and, you know, we'll see everything sounds cool until it gets close to that time. And then you kind of see sometimes things change or whatever. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, being on a podcast has allowed me to, get a whole different avenue of followers and people that might have listened to this person who never heard of me before. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden, like there's three or four coaches I know for a fact that have reached out to me since I was on that podcast, like asking more about what we do covering programs and things like that. Yeah. So a lot of spring sport coaches, which is, you know, would be our next step after winter sports is covering lacrosse and track and baseball and softball and, you know, whatever other sports I'm leaving out, you know, mm -hmm. so yeah, and a lot of my audience is the other person's audience. You know what I mean? Like people, yeah. like I'm making it for for like almost like for you. You know, I'm making it for yeah. the other person, and then like, you know, they get to, everyone gets to kind of see them. Oh, always oh, on a podcast. That's cool. So like a lot of like your you have thirty five hundred followers on yeah. Instagram. Like a lot of them like will see this and kind of get to know you a little better. And I think that's just great. So um, yeah, I'm really excited to actually get this out. This comes out on Saturday. Cool. So it's, yeah, it's Wednesday. New Year's Today Day, Wednesday. dude. Today's Tuesday. 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 I'm Tuesday. like that every week. Oh, I'm like, what day is it? Like it's terrible. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm done with my semester. Days don't matter anymore. Yeah. It's, it's night or it's or it's morning. That's yeah. all I care about. But um. Yeah, did you enjoy your experience here? I loved it. Uh, this was pretty cool. Like you mentioned earlier, you know, former student of mine, you know, work on the podcast with me to be able to come and do this and support you. Um, yeah. It's great when people support you. Not everybody understands this world a little bit, you know, so when you're doing it and you're in it and you understand like the technology work that goes into it, the editing, but getting guests, setting times up, getting people on the same page and you do it in person. So that's even harder. You know, it's even harder to get someone on the same schedule as you part, in yeah. person, you know, versus doing it on the computer where you're on a Zoom like 
yeah, everyone's nights and days are a little bit more open in that sense. But I respect the hustle of being able to come here and do this with you. I think you're on to something great. You're a great conversationalist. And I think that for an hour and 20 minutes to go by and not even feel that way, I think you're definitely on the right path of what you're doing for sure. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we kind of got a good one here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited to get this out there. This is going to be so much fun. Thank you very much for coming. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, thank you for peace out, everybody. Awesome.